Hey there, my name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast. I'm praying that God speaks to you through this podcast. Your heart is encouraged and overflowing with love. Thank you so much for listening. Love to have you subscribe and of course share this with your friends. I know God has really great things for you in this time together. Thanks so much. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, how to see life from a fulfilled point of view. How to see a fulfilled life. And when we think about fulfilled life, I want to think about a couple things. Number one, we need to consider our destination. Where are we trying to go? What are we trying to achieve? A lot of times people, uh, and you can see this on your notes here, you're flying, you're on a plane, and you're going to, maybe you're trying to fly and you're trying to get to money, but hopefully on the way to getting to money, you're going to experience significance, because that's what you really want. Not the money, you want the significance. Sometimes we're flying and we're trying to get to, you can see on your notes here, trying to get to health. We think if we work out, we think if we get this buff body, we think if we get really ripped and healthy, then we're going to feel fulfilled. We're going to feel important. We think if we get married, (laughs) flying to get married, that suddenly we're going to have all of our relational needs met. Can I get a chuckle? We think that when we fly to get a promotion, we're aiming at getting a promotion, that's going to give us purpose. I think a lot of times we have all these ideas in our mind, man, if I just had a million dollars, man, I would feel really important. I'd be significant. I'd be valuable. If I just got that promotion at work, that would make me feel so fulfilled. Man, if I just had health, if I could look like that guy at the gym or that girl, whoo, she's, man, she, she lost all that weight, you know, she's got ripped muscles. If I could just look like her, then people would like me, and then I would feel important, then I would feel valuable. So many times we have these ideas of the destination we really want, and hopefully we'll get a snack along the way. A snack of significance, a snack of purpose, a snack of value, a snack of, of importance. But I want to say to you that your destination, if your destination is money, if your destination is health, if your destination is marriage, if your destination is promotion, or whatever those things are, if that's your destination, you're just going to keep flying in a circle. You'll never get there. It'll never be enough money. It'll never be enough of a promotion. Never be quite healthy enough. Never find in your mate that that longing of that emptiness inside. If you think your mate's going to fulfill you, you're mistaken. I remember watching a movie one time and it was one of those romantic thingies and, and they do this thing, you complete me. And I remember when I saw it, I was like, you know, it was this really nice finish, oh, you know, and for chicks, you know, it's a chick movie and so all the girls were, oh, no, oh. And I'm not very romantic in that mode, you know. I just kind of laughed. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Not for long, because you're going to find some holes in that completion theory. (laughs) Soon and fast. Here's the thing. we got to figure out, where are we going? Where are we going? Because what I really want isn't necessarily the money. What I really want is I want the value. I don't really, I mean, the promotion would be nice, 
But what I really want is the purpose. The health would be good, but what I really want is to know I'm valuable. These are the things that we really want as humans. Now, it's nice to have those things, health, money, promotions, uh, popularity. It's nice for all of that. But bring it down to what you really want. Because if you don't identify your destination, then you're just taking a, a trip and you're circling the globe and you'll keep circling and keep circling and keep circling. And no wonder we worry. No wonder we worry. We want all these things. We want value. We want significance. We want purpose. No wonder we worry because we think that, the perp- that we're going to fulfill those things by getting money. No wonder we circle the globe. We've got ourselves wrapped up in an illusion. And so we worry and worry and worry because it's never enough. There's no, there's no end to it. There's no completion. There's no fulfillment to it. We circle and circle and circle, and then we get ourselves worried, 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 worried. And Jesus says, this is the way to get off the worry airplane. This is your worry airplane. Remember we had worry will last week? How many of you were here last week? G.I. Joe, wasn't that fun? Now we have the worry airplane. How do you get off the worry airplane? Well, one, determine where you're going. What's your transportation? Determine your transportation. Where are you going? And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first priorities. It's not about the money. It's not about the relationship. It's not about the promotion. It's not about the health, the wealth. It's really not about all of that. If you really want to find these things in your life, then seek first the kingdom of God. Now, when you think about this, I thought, well, and I actually blogged on this and put it on my Facebook. I said, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? How many gave an answer? I think, Amy, you did, right? Scott, I missed yours. I know there were a couple people that gave me answers. And I thought it was good answers, but one of the things I want us to consider is, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, And I want us to consider, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God. If we're gonna seek first... How do I do that? And what is the kingdom of God? So on your notes here, and, and thinking about the, the worry airplane, consider this. If you get on the plane, and you know, okay, my destination is purpose. My destination is value. My destination is significance. My destination is importance. My destination is fulfillment. If those are my destinations. Then you gotta have the right captain on the plane. And the captain would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you seek first the king, you're going to get his kingdom. (laughs) Go after the king. Go after Jesus Christ. Go after God. Make him your passion. Make him your absolute, this is what I'm aiming for. If I go after him, if I let him drive my airplane, if I let him lead and steer and guide and direct, then trust me, you will find purpose. You will find value. You will find significance. You will find importance. You will find those things if you let him drive the plane. Seek first the kingdom. Go after the king and you get his kingdom. Now consider this. What are the characteristics of the king? Well, I love this. In Ezekiel 34, 6 and 7, it says, The Lord, the Lord God, is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. 
This is who the king is. And hear me, if you go after the king, you get his kingdom. Now watch me here on this. Because the king, this is who he is, when you pursue him, then you also get these characteristics operating in your life. You have his leadership, his behavior. What you do is you say, I surrender, I bow my knee to the king, to his rule, to his leadership, his lordship in my life. And not just on the surface, because the Bible tells Jesus says, the kingdom of God is within So what happens is we pursue and we open up in our hearts and we say, okay, Father, come in. Do what you want to do. Be the captain of my airplane. Drive me. Show me. I want to follow you. I'm passionate for you. I'm passionate to see your authority. I'm passionate to let you drive my plane. Instead of me trying to aim at some place that I'm never really going to get to, you drive it. And consequently, when you drive it, he starts off down in the bottom of my heart and works his way up. He starts in my heart, changes my heart. If he's the king of my heart, then that means he's going to change the way I think. It's going to bubble up into my soul, which means it's going to change the way I think, change my emotions, change my desires, which changes and bubbles up into my behavior, into my external actions, into my thoughts, not just my thoughts, but the way I treat people, the way I interact with people, the way I interact with my kids, the way I interact with my husband because at the very core of me I start off at the very center the kingdom of God is within the king inside of my heart hear me when I let him be king he's compassionate he's gracious he's kind he's loving he's just he's fair I pursue him then all those things begin to bubble in me and begin to take root and surface and grow and expand into my soul body mind or uh, soul spirit mind body what's in your soul mind will and emotions i got that all mixed up sorry because i just got too excited bubbles in from my spirit because the kingdom of god is within up into my soul messes with my thinking thank god because you need your thinking messed with full on if you're not going to admit it to yourself the holy spirit will lead you into truth i promise just stick around for a little while Messes with your thinking, messes with your emotions, messes with your desires, your will. And now, thank God, after he messes with all of that, it changes my actions. I think so many times we try and change our actions and we don't acknowledge the kingship of Christ in our heart. That's where everything starts to change. You can't change a horse from the outside and turn it into a cow. The change has to start on the inside. That's where I'm transformed. The king of kings comes in and changes me. I pursue the king in my heart. So I let him be the captain on my airplane. Say, okay, lead, direct, guide. Now watch this. What are some characteristics of the kingdom as it relates to me? When I think about this and I say, okay, Father, Jesus, you're going to be the captain in my airplane. You're going to steer the airplane. You're going to steer my life. If I'm going to pursue you, seek first the kingdom of God, then how does that affect me? And how do I interact with that? And on your notes here, you'll see a couple things that are really powerful. Number one, because of adoption and what Jesus has done, when you ask Jesus into your life, into your heart, then you become an offspring of the king. (laughs) Ah, that's fantastic. 
You want to feel valuable? You want to feel important? Then let the king of kings acknowledge and understand that I am a daughter of the creator of the entire universe. I'm his daughter. He actually likes me. He calls me princess. If you're a man, you are the offspring, the son, a son of God, a prince, fearfully, wonderfully made with power, with integrity, with character, with substance. You are a man of man. You are fantastic. You are offspring of the king. Now, if that doesn't rock your world, let's keep going. The kingdom, when it comes into my heart and I let the king and the pursuit of the king be core and central in my, in my heart, the kingdom, I take on the characteristics. I take on the values and the flavor of my king. I take on the personality. Do you realize that a kingdom reflects the personality of the king? If you have a benevolent dictator then the people in your country tend to be a little bit nicer toward each other. If you have a very cruel, mean, harsh, dictatorial leader, go back and look at how Pol Pot ruled in Cambodia for two years. Awful, gruesome, gory. And look at the way that the the citizens of that country treated each other. Because the, the kingdom reflects the personality of the king. So consequently, if you pursue the kingdom of God, it's going to affect your personality, the way you interact. We've talked about that bubbling up. Now how about this? When I say, Father, be my king, that means that I embrace, I accept the unrestricted rule of God in my life. You don't get to come into the cabin of the airplane. If you've been on a plane recently, and you go and you use the restroom up front, you notice that the the door for the cockpit is locked quite well. It's quite secure. You're not invited in there to help the captain steer the plane. You're not. You're not. And when you say and embrace the kingdom of God, you say, I'm going to pursue that, then you understand that I am receiving, accepting the unrestricted rule of God in my life. I don't come up into the cockpit and sit down in the seat next to the pilot and say, okay, I'm here to help you, and we wrestle over the, the steering wheel, or whatever you call it. What do you call it? Steering wheel? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Scott, help me. The control wheel. Thanks, man. You're bailing me out again the week after week here. We don't wrestle for the control wheel. The door's locked. I've embraced the unrestricted rule of God in my life. He's in control. It's not me flying the plane. If I seek first the kingdom of God, these are the things that it means to me. Now here's the situation. One, I determine, where am I going? What am I pursuing? Well, I'm pursuing purpose. I'm pursuing, I want these things. I want God in my life. I want him to lead. I want him to drive the airplane. But last but not least, number three, it says not only seek first the kingdom of God, it also says his righteousness, his righteousness. Now, I always forget that one. I remember I used to say, I love this verse when I was growing up. I always used to say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Anybody ever forget and his righteousness? Anybody else do that? I used to, I did it all the time growing up. Seek first the kingdom of God, let him be the pilot on your airplane and his righteousness. Now, what on earth does that mean? 
Anybody wonder on that? And his righteousness. How do I seek his righteousness? First of all, what is righteousness? If we did the Sunday school definition, right standing with God. How do I get in right standing? How do I get in a position where I know that I'm pleasing and honoring to God? There's nothing you can do to earn righteousness. In Romans 4, it says this, that Abraham believed, 4 verse 3, Abraham believed, had faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness. There is nothing you can do to stand before God of your own efforts to earn that position, earn righteousness. You are inherently sinful. (laughs) You were born that way, and without the power of Jesus Christ in your life, the intervention of the Holy Spirit, you remain sinful without Christ. So when you receive Christ, you put faith and confidence in, in what he's done on the cross for you, then you become righteous. So I want you to catch this. Faith is an integral necessity for being righteous. You cannot be righteous without faith. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith is the fuel in the airplane. <laughs> it fuels and says, okay, I trust you, God. I believe in you. I have confidence in you that you can do what you said. Not only that, I love this. This is fantastic. Faith is the opposite of worry. Come on now. Faith is confidence in God, trust in God, security, rest, absolute, full-on assurance that God is in control. God's flying the plane, and I'm happy about that. I trust in him. But worry, worry doesn't trust in God. Worry trusts in anything but God. Worry looks at the stock market. Worry looks at the economy. Worry looks at the futures. Worry looks at at the different exchange rates of currency. Worry looks at your job. Worry looks in the face of your employer and says, oh, they're in a bad mood today. What's going to happen to me? Come on. That's what worry does. But faith combats that. You want to live a worry-free life, then live a faith-filled life. Confident in God trusting in God, secure and resting that he is driving my airplane. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Build yourself up in faith. Feed your faith, starve your doubt. How do you feed your faith? Well, sometimes you need to turn off the TV. Not today with Marilyn and Sarah, but the news. Sometimes you need to switch off the the radio. Sometimes you need to not read the newspaper. Sometimes, because all those things can ramp you up, ramp you up. You need to stop the gossip at work. Turn those things off. Did you hear what they're going to do? Yeah, there's rumors that they're going to lay off one-third of our company. A third. I just got here last year. You know what that would mean? (gasps) Anybody ever done that? Been there? Thank you very, very much for the honesty. That's what happens when we feed our worry. It grows, it expands, and we're in a dead end before we know it. Feed your faith. Coming to church helps feed your faith. Reading your Bible, having spiritual conversations. I had had lunch with a friend last week. We talked about Jesus. We were out hanging out. We went to this restaurant, 
And we were both walking in, and it was seriously loud. I mean, like, full-on loud, 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 loud. They don't have any noise-dampening things in there. And she said to me, she said, I really don't want to be in here. I said, I don't either, because I can't hear you. I want to talk with you. I want to listen. I want you to hear me. She said, yeah, let's go down the street. So we went down the street because we want to have a spiritual conversation. We want to talk about Jesus. And she emailed me today. She said, I love having that conversation with you. I love talking about Jesus. I felt so built up in my faith when I walked away. There are ways to build your faith and starve your doubt. These are very, very essential things because if we're going to live without worry and defeat worry, we've got to keep the right focus and we've got to feed our faith. Keep the right focus. Pursue God as the king of our heart. Feed our faith. Starve our doubt. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm super stoked to get time with you. And of course, I'd love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, and really sense God working through you as well as in you in these words. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.